mission of Stoughton Hospital is to provide safe, quality health care with exceptional personalized service. We want to be your trusted resource for health information. It's time for Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Menopause is a time of change that may not be simple, but doesn't have to be hard. Whether you're trying to make sense of your symptoms or you want to learn what may lie ahead, we can help. My guest today is Dr. Laura Flanagan. She's a board-certified family physician at Stoughton Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Flanagan. So give us a working definition of perimenopause and then into full-blown menopause. How do we know when it's happening? Yeah, so menopause is actually defined as a cessation of menses for 12 months. So if you haven't had a period or any bleeding for a full 12 months, you are considered menopausal. Perimenopause is any symptoms, cluster of symptoms prior to menopause. Um, I have been, you know, in preparing for uh, discussions about menopause and seeing multiple patients that are in the throes of menopause, I've kind of looked for, um, you know, less classic definitions. And in the research that I've found, um, I like this quote. And this is from a book called Schmirsky, The Pursuit of Hormone Happiness. And she describes menopause as this. It's your brain, your body, and your life transforming into something you're totally unfamiliar with. You begin to question your sanity, relationships, hormones, genetics, sex drive, age, food, clothes, underwear, everything. Wow. I mean, really. And and that is absolutely perfect. And as someone who is in this right now, I I hear all of those things you just described, Dr. Flanagan, and completely agree with all of them. So is this something that a woman should visit her physician about to start discussing what to expect or whether or not they need hormone replacement or some of the symptoms? Yeah, I think so. I mean, each woman, you know, she talks to, I'm sure, her family members, female family members that have already gone through this or are struggling with the same symptoms as her as far as perimenopausal symptoms, or she's probably been talking to some friends, right, because um, misery likes company a little bit. So I think um, it's important to kind of get some family history, seeing what others have experienced. Important to get some input from your friends to kind of know what to expect, but to also get a medical provider's um, take on it, I think is is really smart. Um, I find that some of my patients have like no symptoms at all, God bless them, but the majority of women will have at least one or two symptoms. So I do think that it makes sense to discuss um, discuss it with your doctor. So let's talk about the symptoms for a minute because we hear so many in the media, on TV, and but some of these happen to women anyway. So what are some mm-hmm. symptoms that could kind of give us a parameter and say, you know what, this is, this is what's starting? Yeah. So I would say the most common symptom is probably the, the hot flash. <laughs> um, and we find that in the U.S., about 75% of females have experienced a hot flash. And if you've experienced it, then you probably know what it is. But for those of us who are not yet that age or maybe we're male and our female counterparts are going through it, just so we can relate, it's kind of these recurrent transient episodes of flushing or, or perspiration. Um, interestingly, we found that in some countries in Asia, for example, in Hong Kong, it's estimated that only about 10% of women have hot flashes and only about 20% in Japan. 
So um, some stuff may be environmental or diet-related as well. So that's probably the most common, but gosh, the symptoms can be many. Um, Some other, um, you know, hot flashes slash night sweats, those are kind of in the same bundle. Um, Vaginal dryness, sometimes vaginal odor, vaginal itching, um, you know, um, some psychological symptoms. A lot of women have mood swings, irritability, depression, panic attacks, memory lapses, crying spells, um, also some GI symptoms like indigestion, bloating, more gas, um, sometimes um, hair growth on your face, losing um, uh, hair of the scalp, uh, sometimes UTIs, painful intercourse, um, also some, you know, trouble sleeping, maybe excessive dreaming, snoring, and sometimes just some aching joints. That one's pretty common that I hear about is just my muscles feel, feel sore, my, my, my joints hurt, and I'm not sure why. Um, so, yeah, the, the list is extensive. <laughs> Well, it certainly is. So as we understand the causes as a woman is going through these changes and she's losing estrogen, now mm-hmm. we look into some of these treatments, Dr. Flanagan, and, and some women don't want to go on hormone replacement and replace that estrogen. What do you say to them about some of the questions of treatment? And we'll also get into a little bit later some of the home remedies that we might try, but let's talk about the physician-recommended ones like hormone replacement. What do you do for us and what do they do for us? Mm-hmm. So you're right. I mean, estrogen or menopause, that is kind of the definition is that estrogen levels start to decline. Um, and, you know, they're, our oocytes or eggs are declining as soon as we're born. I mean, we have lots and lots and then through puberty and in our 20s and 30s, I mean, you know, those, those eggs are getting less and less. But when we hit 40s, 50s, 60s, those estrogen levels start to decline. So what hormone replacement does is it it gives you a little bit of estrogen and some other hormones to kind of bring those up to a reasonable level where maybe you won't have so many, hence, side effects or symptoms from a low estrogen level like those that I discussed. My kind of rule for hormone replacement therapy um, is if you feel like your symptoms are drastically interfering with multiple avenues of life. Um, Hormone replacement therapy kind of got, you know, a little bit of a bad rap during the Women's Health Initiative study. That was back in the early 2000s where they showed that, gosh, there may be side effects of certain types of cancer and heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. And certainly there are those risk factors. And so it's it's a discussion with your doctor about, do I want to take those risks for potential benefits of what this can offer me? Um, Hormone replacement therapy, it's meant to be of a short duration, so maybe one to three years to really get you through the worst of it, (laughs) in a sense. Um, But gosh, if it can improve quality of life drastically, then I I do have that serious conversation with my patients. Um, You know, hormone replacement therapy is, um, it's available in, you know, various quantities and roots. So you can get it in a pill form, a patch form. Um, There's a, you know, vaginal gel form that a lot of patients are um, familiar with. So 
So does the vaginal gel or vaginal estrogen, does that help with maybe vaginal dryness or, or is it really just a topical, you know, is that what it helps with or can it get systemic? Um, it's, it's pretty localized, so it's a pretty safe form, and it does help with vaginal dryness in most patients. You know, initially, we dose it so that you're getting your body used to it. You're really building up that vaginal mucosa because it can really break down and be dry, and sex can be painful, and it can, you know, make you higher risk for UTIs just with all that dryness and more room for bacteria, which we don't like. Um, so, yeah, it, it, we we dose it so that it would be, you know, daily for maybe one to two weeks, and then people can scale back so they're only using it once to twice per week because it, sometimes it can be pretty costly, too, depending on your, on your um, medication plan. But I do find that a lot of patients have, have relief with that. So what about some home remedies, things we can do for these hot flashes or mood swings that we might be experiencing? People have heard about fish oil. They've heard about black cohosh. They've heard about... All of these different things, do any of these hold merit? Yeah, you know, I think everything's trial and error. I tell people that, you know, our our hormonal blueprint is kind of as different as our thumb thumbprints. I mean, everyone's just so different in their experiences and, you know, if they're going to find success in these these remedies, um probably the most common one, I would say, is the black cohosh. Um, that comes in a um, kind of over-the-counter um, supplement, also known as Remifemin. That's probably the most common one that I hear people talk about, um, and that's about, you know, 20 milligrams of black cohosh twice a day. Um, some other home remedies have been um, soy, you know, soy protein that's in food, 20 to 60 um, grams a day. Soy extract, that's another thing that you can get over the counter. That theory is maybe why some of our Asian countries, why their um, women don't experience the symptoms uh, as frequently is because they have just naturally more soy in their diet. Um, another dietary agent that I've had some patients do and there's been some scientific evidence on is some flaxseed. So about two to four tablespoons of ground flaxseed um, can be helpful. And then also there's some newer data showing that vitamin E um, can be helpful. And the dosing that I've had people try is about 800 international units per day. So those are all things that would be available over the counter. Um, And then there's also some you know, prescription medication, like especially for the psychological symptoms, you know, panic attacks, depression, irritability. Sometimes we do put um, people on a medication that kind of helps to balance out the serotonin system in their brain, Um, like Paxil, Celexa, um, Prozac. Those are all um, common ones that we can use. So these are all great suggestions. And sleep disturbances is another one that women experience. You mentioned anxiety, and and we talked about hot flashes and all, but also insomnia seems to go along with Mm -hmm. it. And sleep Mm -hmm. disorders then can also be associated with obesity and more anxiety and depression. So what do you tell women about sleep disturbances? And then wrap it all up in a nice, neat little ball for us, Dr. Flanagan, with your best advice about menopause and getting through it onto the other side. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So insomnia and menopause is a real thing. Data shows that the time required to fall asleep increases, and you're probably saying, yeah, 
I know. Um, and then the actual sleep period shortens during menopause. So how frustrating. It's taking forever to fall asleep, and then the duration um, is less. So as far as for the time required to fall asleep, sometimes prescription um, sleep aids can go a long way in those one to two years. A nice over-the-counter supplement would be something like melatonin. Um, also magnesium supplements, so like 250 to 500 milligrams nightly. That's a nice kind of anti-tension that can sometimes be helpful for both insomnia and headaches. Um, the melatonin dose, if interest, people are interested, I start with 3 milligrams, and if you're really not seeing improvements within a couple of weeks, you could increase it to 5 or 10 milligrams um, safely. So, gosh, to wrap it all up, um, you know, like your introduction said, this can be a really challenging time, but it doesn't it doesn't have to be hard. I mean, you have so many female counterparts in your life who are probably experiencing the same thing. I think one of the most powerful things for success in getting through menopause is just talking about it. I think that is so therapeutic for one of the most transitional times of your life is to just gosh, talk about it and experience it with others because they might have some ideas or something that worked for them or gosh, you know, maybe for someone else, like the sleep thing only lasted like eight months and then it was better. So that's been really powerful um, in, in, in my experience with my patients is when I get them together and I get, you know, women in their 40s and 50s all together in one room and maybe having a couple women in their 60s and 70s who can retrospectively look upon their experience, that I think is what has been the most powerful and people love to hear others' experiences. So I think going forward, everything that we talked about today, good options, but I think one of the most valuable things is is learning from your friends and family. Thank you so much. What great information, Dr. Flanagan. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to stoughtonhospital.com. That's stoughtonhospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.